fam, welcome to All Nations Baton Rouge Podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Here's this week's message. I hope it is a blessing to you and your family. Here we go. 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 Give God another hand clap of praise. Every now and then I got to throw it way back like that just so y'all know I've been in church a long time. Amen. And even though we sing a lot of new songs here, don't get it twisted. I know them all. Amen. I can go way back. Amen. Some of y'all seem excited when we throw it back like that, huh? The rest of y'all was like, I don't know this song, but I'll catch on in the middle. Amen. I've only been going to church the last three months, amen? And that's all right, too, amen. God is here for the three-month person and the 30-year person, amen? I love pastoring a church that's multi-generational. Uh, I think that it is a beautiful thing to see multiple generations uh, represented and multiracial. Amen. You'll find that that's one of the things I want us to pour even more time into over the next year. Um, but I believe that this needs to be a place where multiple people can come and worship God and have encounters with God on a weekly basis. Amen. And what I love is that I believe that uh, we have, uh, I don't want to call us mastered, but we have certainly become proficient in cultivating a space that God feels comfortable in on a weekly basis, and I love that, amen? To say that we master something means that we don't have room for improvement in it, so I believe we're very proficient in creating atmospheres that God feels comfortable in, and I love being a part of a church like that, amen? And one thing you know is when you come here every week that you're gonna have an encounter with God. I don't care how you walked into this building, I can guarantee you that you're going to encounter God once you get here, amen? I'm excited to, to uh, press in a little bit deeper in this word. How many of you have been enjoying this series so far? This is, this is a really a series to mature you, right? And, uh, you know, it's not the most comfortable uh, words that I preach every week uh, right now, but it's not meant to be comfortable. It's meant to be uncomfortable so that it stretches you. And if you look at a lot of the things in life that cause us to grow, they come with discomfort first, right? So, uh, you know, I have over the last couple of years, I've done a real uh, good job at getting my weight under control. For some of you who saw that five-year video, you did not know that I used to look like that. Amen. Some of y'all, amen. Y'all did not know that the Lord delivered me from hey, 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 amen. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the glow up has been real. I will say that. My wife and I are very thankful that age and a little bit of diligence has blessed us over the years. Um, but when I first started the process of getting my weight under control, it came with discomfort, amen? Because I was used to eating certain quantities of food, when I started eating less quantities, my stomach began to announce to me that it was not getting what it once got, amen? Anybody's stomach make announcements on a regular basis? Some of you in this fast, your stomach has been announcing itself to you. Some of you feeling an announcement in the room right now. Amen. But my stomach would begin to announce to me that you are eating less than what you once ate. When I started getting into the gym, my body would begin to speak to me and say, we are not used to our members of our body moving at this rapid pace on a regular basis. 
And it didn't always like what it was doing, but what was happening out of discomfort was producing growth. And a lot of times we don't get growth because we don't want to be uncomfortable. If you show, if you show me somebody that values comfort over anything, I will show you a stagnant person living beneath the purpose that God has for them. Because in order to get to where God has for you, to get to a place of greatness, we all want to be great, but we don't want to be uncomfortable. We all want to be great, but we don't want to sacrifice. You show me all the great people you know that hadn't sacrificed nothing. It comes with something. When you want God to move in your life, when you want to grow, when you want all these things, then you have to be willing to submit yourself to things that don't feel good in order to produce what will ultimately be good. And that's what we're doing over this month. And so we've been in this some of y'all series. Amen. And uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, this was birthed out of some posts that I shared on social media. Amen. We were going into the new year and I knew that I was going to be met with a barrage of new year, new me posts at the beginning of the year. Uh, You know, the ones that we all see every year, but we are so confused because you still are the same person seven years later. Amen. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. That's you he's talking about, not me. Amen. Y'all scared in the nine o'clock. Amen. Eleven fifteen. That's when my ratchet people show up to church. Amen. <laughs> but I knew that we would be met with a barrage of New Year, New Me, and uh, I just felt there were some pertinent thoughts that were important to share with the people in order to have a more successful 2020. Amen. And I begin to say the things that we all think, but they don't come out of our mouths. Amen. I just felt so emboldened and empowered to share wisdom. Amen. Prolific thoughts that I believe would change the lives of people. Amen. And uh, so I've had several days of doing this and uh, it has since birthed a series uh, that's very pointed, sometimes a little, you know, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's good for you to shout amen when I say something that, that really is about you so that your neighbor doesn't understand that it's about you. If you say, amen it seems like you're shouting for the next person right all right that's how you disguise yourself i'm trying to get you put you up on game all right just say amen when you when it hurts amen all right uh, but, but, you know, the first week I talked about how some of you really need to find yourselves. And uh, I hope that you were blessed by that. That message uh, really has challenged a lot of people. And I've had many conversations with people since that day about this whole understanding of what it truly means to find themselves. And I'm enjoying watching your journey. I hope that by the end of 2020, you are new you because you're the actual you. Amen. Because some of y'all, I'm really tired of knowing your representative. I know that you got both of you in there. Amen. And then last week, we talked about how some of y'all need to consider the company you keep. Was that a blessing? That you need to consider who is running with you and around you. Because, you know, we can determine where you're going by looking at who you surrounded yourself with to get there. And I will tell you this, at every growth phase of anything, 
It takes an assessment of who's around you and whether or not they have the capacity for the next level of your growth, right? If you look in organizations that grow and evolve, they have to continue looking at how they recreate or reinvent certain situations or build capacity in people in order to sustain the next level or layer. I, I You know, I come from the financial services industry uh, where now I have the pleasure of consulting, of which I'm enjoying, y'all, all right? I spent 17 years in the industry, eight years as CEO, and it is a pleasure to be on the consulting side and to be able, somebody say, work from home. Hallelujah. <laughs> I felt something in my spirit, work from anywhere in the country. I love that. Um, but as what, what I've seen as we look at organizational design, a $3 million credit union has a different uh, leadership structure than a 30 million, than a 300 million, than a 3 billion. The leadership structure has to change and then you have to consider the capacity at every level to handle what you are tasked with or responsible for. And if you try to take $3 million mindsets into a $3 billion uh, uh, organization, you are going to fail. Some of you personally have graduated from a $3 million institution to $3 billion, but you still... You have not assessed the capacity of what you're surrounded with to make sure that you have the ability to manage the next season that God has for you. And so you wonder why you're still stuck in the same spot because God is waiting for you to surround yourself with the right people to contain what he has for you next. I didn't come to preach that one again. You got to catch the podcast. Amen. What I came to preach today, though, is that some of y'all need more discipline. Some of y'all need more discipline. As a matter of fact, I venture to say that the majority of the building need this word today. Amen. You're just undisciplined. All right. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. This one for me today. I'm going to take this one today. I'm going to take it. <laughs> you need more discipline. And that's why the lack of discipline is the reason why we set so many goals at the beginning of the year that we never accomplish. One of the things that I, that I got rid of last year, I really got rid of the terminology goals in my personal life. We start even shifting it here as a church because I begin to see that many times people set goals and they never meet them. But what I learned was whatever you focus on will expand. Right. So whether you whatever you focus on, good or bad, will begin to expand. If you focus on the wrong things, the bad things, it will receive expansion. But if you focus on the right things, it will also expand. So I'm looking at how I focus myself around the things that I say matter to me. And having the, pro the proper focus is a discipline. Now. The post that inspired this, they're real pity, okay? For those of you, it's your first time, please understand, because you're going to hear, you're going to be like, this pastor is crazy, right? This is just some things that I think the people of God need to hear, amen? Not just the people of God, just all the people of social media, because aren't they aggravating? Some of y'all love the mute button and hiding people on your timeline, and they don't even know that you have not... <laughs> And friended them because you don't have to. You could just say, mute them for the next 30 days because I'd like to not. Here are some of the posts that I share. Some of y'all need to realize your circumstances won't change until you do. Some of y'all need to realize your bank account won't grow on its own. You have to do something. 
Amen. I know we love to pray for the unexpected checks in the mail and unexpected deposits in our account that get corrected weeks later and our account overdrawn because we spent the money that was. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. It was a bank error. They accidentally put it in your account. Somebody shout on the phone. I saw the Lord bless me. No, we just made an error. We're going to get that money back and you're now overdrawn. Oh my God. Some of y'all need to talk less and do more in 2020. The world is already filled with hot air. Global warming is a thing, so shut up and do something. Some of y'all are sick because you won't change your habits. God, it's not the spirit of infirmity that just gripped you, it's your lack of discipline. The devil didn't have to work, you helped him out. And all them hot dogs and hamburgers and pizza and fried chicken and high cholesterol and high blood pressure that you're eating. Hey, it once was me, amen, it once was me. I've been delivered. Y'all ready for some more? Some of y'all aren't experiencing difficult leadership. You are a difficult follower. I had to pause on that. Say lie. All right. Some of y'all don't need more money. You need more discipline. You're just as frivolous with more as you were with less. And as that has been the setup for today's message, some of y'all say, need more discipline. I love this scripture in Proverbs, the 25th chapter, verse 28. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So when you don't have self-control, you have no barriers for protection, which means anything can come in and anything can go out. When you don't have discipline, good things can leave you and bad things can find you. Discipline is important. I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. See, as I'm preaching about discipline, understand that I hold myself to the same standard. I don't believe that this whole idea that I preach to you, but I don't do, do as I say and not as I, that's foolishness. Discipline is something that I have to also practice in my life on a regular basis. Discipline is actually birthed out of wisdom. The Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. So the most important thing that we can get is wisdom. When we have obtained wisdom, then discipline becomes a subset of that. Those, if you show me somebody who lacks discipline, I will show you someone who is not wise. Because discipline is a fruit of wisdom. So before you get disciplined, this is not in my notes, before you get disciplined, what you have to first is ask God for wisdom. 
God, give me wisdom. How do I attain wisdom? I get surrounded by, I surround myself by people who have knowledge in areas that I don't, right? I can either gain wisdom by, by learning it the hard way, which means I fall on my tail and then I learn that I don't want to do that again, or I can look at you and determine that that is not the route that I want to take, or I can look at you and determine that that is the route that I want to take. So I can learn from your bad experiences and your good, but I can choose to get wisdom without having, having to inflict any type of personal harm or damage on myself. I'd rather it that way. Now, some of y'all are like, well, I like, I'm, I'm just a little rough around the edges. I like to go through some things. I don't understand you. You are not me. Me is not you. We are not the same. I'd rather get it from somebody who's already got it and avoid having to take that path. I will tell you, a focus on wisdom is what has allowed my life to move at an accelerated pace. I've always had this mindset that I want to move more rapidly by focusing on attaining wisdom. Where people who are wise or people who have discipline are people who have learned and mastered the art of listening. As a matter of fact, a person who is just rapidly flowing at the mouth all the time will generally be somebody who lacks discipline because they haven't listened long enough to get wisdom and learn something so that they can be disciplined. Matter of fact, when you get in the company of somebody that's wise, you sitting up talking the whole time. You sit down with a mentor and run your mouth the whole time. I'm confused. What are you going to learn by talking the whole time? Shut up and get some wisdom. And stop wasting people's time. And can I say this? When you're going to get wisdom from a mentor, can you also show up on time for what you say you want? <laughs> I have a mentor that sits right in this building, Pastor Jetson. You all know him. He can tell you, I have never shown up to a meeting late. I show up early. As a matter of fact, our meetings routinely start early because we are both early people. When we used to meet at the Konami meeting at his office, we used to meet at the coffee shop. It's like, well, we're both here. I guess we're starting now. <laughs> right? But I'm not going to show up late to learn something that I say I want. If I want it, I'm going to be there for it. Did you ever show up to get a mentor by me and I said 30 minutes and you got there 15 minutes late? Guess what you're getting today? Amen. Now, today's message, like all others, will require a lot of introspection. So this month's really more about you than your neighbor. One thing I know for sure is that nothing is going to change unless you do. What I've seen about discipline is that it's become a dirty word for many people, especially in the younger generation. Turn the lights up a little for me. I got to see these faces. All right. <laughs> especially in the younger generation. The younger generation doesn't want to submit to authority, don't want to be told anything, want to be coddled all the time. No, you're going to be corrected too because correction is what brings you discipline. I had to tell somebody that recently. I said, let me explain something to you about your generation. You just want to be coddled. I am not here to do that. And just because you see me as a young pastor don't mean that I won't get you together. If you step out of line, I'm going to bring you back across the line. Yeah. In correction. Yeah. 
The word of God said, whom he loves, he also was. Amen. It actually says chastises, but there are different versions of it, right? So some of y'all read the Amplified, it might say discipline. But I'm old school sometimes. Chastises. Whom he loves, he also chastises. Discipline has many different meanings, and all of them can be a challenge to adapt to. One definition is to train oneself to do something in a controlled or habitual way. So it requires a commitment to what may not be convenient, but is necessary. Discipline in that definition is submission to a process. When I am disciplined, I train myself to do something in a control or habitual way. I am submitted to a process. What is the process that I must follow? For me, one of the things I learned, you know, people say, don't get on the scale every day and all that foolishness. When I'm not doing that, you know what happened when I get on a week later? I gain. So guess what I got to do for my discipline, for my life? Step on that scale every day and see what did it say? Okay, I need to direct my day based upon what I've seen. And this is the process that works for me for what I'm seeking to achieve. Discipline. Discipline is about diligence to the right things. One thing that you've heard me say is that diligence is what you do when desire leaves. It is vital to be able to remain consistent when your feelings don't line up with your commitment. Now, I need a gentleman who would, who would stand up to do this example for me. Do I have a, I mean, all right. All right, you ready to do it, Caleb? All right. Caleb, you don't know what you're signing up for, all right? Yeah, stand up. <laughs> Caleb, I need you to jog around these. Girls. <laughs> All right. All right. Keep on. There you go. 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 Keep on going. Uh, Caleb, I'm going to let you stop. I'm not going to wear you out like that today, okay? All right. But discipline is about doing what, you, what might make you uncomfortable. Did you feel excited about jogging just now? It felt really weird to do that in the room, huh? My objective was to do it until you got exhausted, but I really felt grace for you. <laughs> the grace of God, right? Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> Sometimes when we are trying to be disciplined, we have to do things that we don't like to do, right? You know, in any situation, like I said, use, I use my weight as an example because I really struggled for a number of years to get it under control. And the only thing that helped me to become disciplined was giving myself some level of accountability, which is another bad word a lot of times because we don't like to be accountable because we don't want to be disciplined. We just want to everything be free fall. We just, I'm just floating through life like you some kind of hippie. Woodstock, this is... <laughs> Discipline is also defined as the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior, using punishment to correct disobedience. This is also not popular because it often requires submission to authority or person. 
So discipline is either I submit myself to a process or a person. And a lot of people don't like to do either one. We have authority has become a bad word because we are, I'm in control of myself and we can tell. We enjoy following when we enjoy the process, but when there are aspects to be navigated that may be uncomfortable, we're not always willing to keep that same energy. How you handle correction says a lot about what God can trust you to handle. And both of these are vital to your success in this year. Some of you getting uncomfortable right now because you know you can never handle correction. You can't take any constructive criticism. You always got a justification about why you did it the right way. No, you were wrong, 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 and you need to change it. Discipline. Oh, I knew it was going to. Oh, this, this whole message series. When you leave, you just like, oh, can somebody hug me? This was too much today. <laughs> hug me, please. Discipline. It's about being submitted to process a person, authority or assignment. When I am disciplined, I commit myself even when it is uncomfortable. If I cannot live in momentary discomfort, I cannot be disciplined. Now, I have to tell you this story about David. I got to read this, right? I have a lot of scripture to read, but I'm going to get through this really uh, rapidly. But we have, we see the situation with David and Saul, where David is anointed king because Saul had this opportunity. He was king and he disobeyed what he was instructed to do. I'll show you in a little while. Saul also gets jealous once David is anointed king. David begins to do great things. And then the people around started to talk about how great David was. Saul, his kill is, and David has, and all this stuff. And you know how people, you'd struggle with the whole comparison thing. So it's as soon as somebody else gets celebrated, you secretly harboring jealousy because you can't listen to somebody else's celebration. See, a disciplined person becomes comfortable in where they are and they can celebrate the next person, right? Because they understand that it has nothing. It does not in any way diminish what they are doing. So Saul is mad with David. He wants to kill him. And David gets these opportunities to kill Saul. But watch how he handles it. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe, right? Because he had an honorable mind. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him. There is a message in that. All right. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone his way. So David came out and shouted after him, my Lord, the king. 
And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, why do you listen to the people who say I am trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Another message there, right? on how you honor leadership even when you disagree. One of the things you will never see is me speaking against my leader. I'm not gonna have a private conversation with you. I'm not gonna have a public conversation with you. We are not talking about Dr. Matthew Stevenson. Whether you like him or not, I am not speaking. All right. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. When David finished speaking, Saul called back. Is that really you, my son, David? Then he began to cry and he said to David, you are a better man than I am for you have repaid me good for evil. Now, what can we learn from this story? Number one, discipline is not always desirable. In fact, I'm sure the opposite was true for David. He desired to kill Saul. He was mad. He knew that Saul was trying to kill him. And the natural reaction to you wanting to harm me is that I want to harm you back. Right? So based upon what he had encountered, it would be understandable if his heart wanted to do something that was not right. Many times we lose our discipline because we have first lost our desire, right? And discipline is not always desirable. Be careful about what you allow your feelings to spearhead in your life. Some of you need to get your feelings out of the driver's seat. Every one of your days have been dictated by how you feel. For some of you every hour, for some of you every minute, right? We have to ride the roller coaster with you all day long because your feelings are leading every part of your action. Discipline learns how to manage what you feel and begins to respond to a commitment that you made even when it no longer feels comfortable or convenient. So discipline is not always desirable. The second thing we see is that discipline is honorable. Honor is not just extended to a person, right? Honor is also extended to a process, right? We honor people, processes, and purpose. So I'm always honoring the people that God has sent in my life. And understanding honor is something that goes up, down, and out. So there is an honor for authority that you need to understand. But leaders, there's also honor for the people you lead. I am not of the mindset that you have the ability to act any kind of way just because you're a leader. No, 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 no. You have to honor people that you lead, be people that you have to honor people that you are following, and you need to honor people that you walk alongside. Honor is up, down, and out. I'm going to get to that honor series this year. We're going to get some honor, amen? 
So discipline is honorable. The third thing that we see is that a lack of discipline can be damaging. What parts of David's purpose would have been cut off had he not been able to be disciplined? He was anointed to be king, but so was Saul at one point. In fact, Saul's lack of discipline is what disqualified or caused him to forfeit his right to be king. He had received an anointing. He had also been appointed because, see, you can be anointed and not appointed yet. That's what's happening with David. He was anointed. He had not been appointed yet because his time had not come. The announcement that it would be right had already happened, but it wasn't time for it to be. Oh, my God, that's a whole nother message about moving into something prematurely. Just because it was prophesied over you today doesn't mean that it's supposed to happen today. Some things that are spoken prophetically today are for 15 years down the line. I'm walking today in some things that were prophesied when I was a child. How foolish would it have been if I moved on prophecy in a season that I wasn't ready for it? And that is discipline to learn how to remain put even when you have information about what is next. So a lack of discipline can be damaging. If we, if we skip over to First Samuel 15 chapter, verses 1, 2, 3, we see this. One day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people. So God does this Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. Now what you have to know is God really didn't want to give the people a king, but they were begging for one. So God gave them Saul. But God did give them Saul, right? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Somebody say everything. God say wipe them out. Look at what happens in verse 9. Now, he told Saul to wipe him out. Here's what Saul does. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything, in fact, and appealed to, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Is that what they were told to do? So I believe the reason why God said do this because the Lord knew there was going to be some attractive things there. But he gave them an order before they went. Discipline would have carried out the command no matter how attractive it looks. When you are disciplined, you keep doing what God said. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has, has refused to obey my command. This began the process of Saul being fired, even though he was still on the job. And sometimes you are confused because somebody still holds a position, but God has already left them. Had David done what he wanted to do versus what he needed to do, he would have been no different than Saul. So a lack of discipline can be damaging. Remaining discipline requires you to do this. I'm going to give you these things and we're going to be done. First, understand that you, what you are seeking to accomplish. So I can't build disciplines around a lack of understanding of what I'm aiming towards. 
If I'm going to build disciplines, I have to first understand what direction I'm walking in. Right? So first, understand what you are seeking to accomplish if you want to build discipline. Second, know and understand the process to fulfill it. So where am I going or what am I trying to do and what does it take? What is necessary in order for me to get there? I was sitting with our executive board on Friday and we were going through the budget for the church so that we have a process by how we properly manage the resources that God gives us, right? Because we want to be responsible with what God has trusted us with. We don't just go into the year just saying, well, we can do whatever. We're going to see. You wouldn't be sitting in this building if we had a we going to see mindset. So when we, when we, we matter, as a matter of fact, we went into last year saying that we wanted to acquire territory. Did we not say that to you last year? Did we do what we said we wanted to do? Why? Because first we, we made sure that we had an understanding of what we were seeking to accomplish. And then we tried, we made sure we tried to have an understanding of the process that was necessary to fulfill it. Right. The third thing, commit to that process. So once I understand the process to fulfill it, then I need to commit to that process. That's our third thing. Commit to that process. The fourth thing is remain steadfast in adversity or temptation. <laughs> so once I have a process, do understand adversity is coming. The devil is not going to make it easy just because you said you want to be disciplined. And some stuff don't even involve the devil. That's the other thing. The devil tired of being blamed for the stuff he ain't do. That was you all by yourself. The devil ain't got nothing to do with that unless you call yourself the devil. But remain steadfast in adversity or temptation. You have to understand there will be some things that will come to try to get you off track. Remain steadfast. The final thing I will say is keep yourself focused on the why and not the what. Why am I doing this? Because what I'm navigating right now does not feel good, but if I'm focused on why I'm doing it, then I can have the discipline to get there. Remind you, you can come. I believe that God wants to do some things in your life in this year. I believe that some of you have some areas of focus that you want to see manifest in a greater way in your life. I want to help to get you there. But it's going to come with you. You have to be disciplined. Disciplined to process, submitted to process. Okay, what is it that I'm going to follow? I said that I want to save more money this year. How am I going to stop spending money? How am I going to get myself out of debt so that I can get there? I said I want to lose weight this year. What am I willing to not eat anymore or eat less of? Where am I willing to get up and go and work out? What is going to be my discipline? I want my marriage to be better. Am I committed to not going to sleep if we have arguing and making sure that we resolve things before we go to sleep? I want to be a better parent this year. Am I going to give myself more time so that my children can have more time for me? What are you going to do? Discipline yourself to submit to a process, but also understand that there are some people in your life that God wants you to be submitted to. Authority is not a bad thing. Authority is meant for protection. And when you follow in proper leadership, then you should be covered and protected properly. This is a good thing, a great thing for the success of your life. Stand your feet all over this place.